Welcome to Messy Marriages, sharing stories of messy moments in marriages and how we make the most of our mistakes. We will undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. What are the concerns and questions most couples have in marriage and often go unspoken until now? Host Mark Lucas brings wisdom, authenticity, and practical advice to even the toughest marriage topics. Welcome to Messy Marriages. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360, and also tuning in in the podcast world. What a joy it is week in and week out to have these conversations with you, conversations around marriage. Just this week, I'm having breakfast with a good friend of mine. He's in full-time ministry, and I asked him this question. I said, you know what? Have you stepped recently in your marriage on a landmine? He stopped, looked at me, and said, no. I've stepped on an A-bomb, and I said, okay, let's walk that through and kind of see what's going on in your relationship of marriage. Here's the reality. We've all stepped on these landmines in our marriage, and today we're going to have a conversation not about stepping on the landmines. We're going to identify some, but really what are some steps that we need to take to really kind of avoid the landmines when we do step on them? Practically, what do we do in our relationship of marriage after we've stepped in the landmines? It's going to happen, and we're going to address some of the most common ones that we've seen. We've got great guests in today. They've been on radio before with me. They had a show for a long time on Family Values Radio, and I am blessed to have Larry and Carol Snap with us here in the booth today on Messy Marriages. They're both graduates of the Primus University of Theology and ordained ministers. They are marriage and family counselors who specialize, I love this, in blended family issues since 2004. They have been a blended family since December of 1979. They are experienced and international speakers and are available for counseling appointments and for seminars and workshops. They, like I said, are ordained ministers who can do weddings, vow renewals, baptisms, and funerals. Long-distance counseling, which is perfect right now, is also available. Thank you so much for being my guest again. Thanks for having us back. It's good to have you guys back. So I think we're going to start here with Carol. I love that she said this, that really God spoke into her heart after a phone call we had this week, and then we're going to turn it over to you, and you're going to kind of walk us through one of the big landmines that you stepped on, Larry. Yeah, the A-bomb. The A-bomb. There we go. (laughs) That's true. Well, thank you again, Mark, for having us. Uh, We really appreciate the time coming here to share with you and your guests that are listening. Um, And God spoke to me exactly as you said right after we spoke just the other day about uh, this new marriage, Messy Marriages uh, show that you have. And thank you for doing that for Messy Marriages everywhere. Uh, God spoke to me telling me and reminding me to, um, to say this this morning. God takes a mess and turns it into a message. God takes a test and turns it into a testimony. And from there, I'm going to let Larry share some of our story, because it's more his to share. Yeah, I'm the one that messed up. And like I said, it, it was more of an A-bomb than a landmine, you know. Uh, so this was mm, spring of '03 when all this blew up. But I look back on things. We were sort of, even though we were sort of both 
raised Christian. We were unequally yoked at the time when we got married, just different religions, right? So then we didn't practice either one. And not wanting to fight over that, we just didn't do anything. And then 23-plus years down the road, everything blew up. Uh, Kind of a, you know, major moral failure on my part. We chose to fix things instead of just throw it away after all those years. And we had some friends that hooked us up with Christian counseling. We gave our lives to Christ for real, for a change. Mm -hmm. Uh, After kind of dancing around the issue for all those years, we finally jumped in with both feet, got baptized together and all that. But then we discovered spiritual warfare. We were in Satan's pocket for all those years, and he didn't really mess with us much. And then when we jumped out, he was like, hey, where do you think you're going? Get back here. Mm. And if our counselors hadn't explained spiritual warfare to us at first session, I don't know if we would have made it. Uh, Marriage Mm. is spiritual warfare, and your spouse is not your enemy. That was the two gold nuggets that they gave us. Because it sure seemed like my spouse was my enemy there for a while. And when things got ugly, which they did, then we were able to kind of come together knowing we were being attacked and come together and pray so that we were one again against the real enemy and not each other. And, you know, that that little piece of advice just helped us get through like four months of hell and two months of purgatory before we were able to kind of get things back on track. Can I ask you, because I think right now the listeners, probably the majority of them, might have clarity around this, but it's really good to have the conversation around two very pivotal things that you just shared there in the realm of the spiritual warfare. First, your spouse is not the enemy, mm-hmm. and then really understanding the importance that we are in a spiritual battle right. in our marriages. So. Yeah. What do you do, both of you, as I'll open this up to both of you guys, what do you do even on a daily basis to be able to prepare to go into the spiritual battle mm-hmm. and to be able to, to be ready to go into that battle each and every day? So obviously it starts with an awareness, but right. then once we are aware that there is a real spiritual battle that we're walking in each and every day, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do to prepare yourself to walk every day in the spiritual battle? One of the things that I learned through this becoming a student of godly marriage from 2003 was my role as a husband in a godly marriage was I'm supposed to be the prophet, the priest, and the king. And part of being the prophet, the priest, and the king is getting on my suit of armor that God gives us, right? Ephesians 6. And one of those little ahas that I got was when I go to the armory to get my suit of armor, I need to get the biggest shield of faith I can carry Mm. because my family is going to be standing behind me. And the bigger my shield, the fewer darts that get by. Right. So that was one of those big ahas for me was just my role is to protect. Mm Mm-hmm. And the shield of faith is the biggest one. But putting on the the armor of God every day is 
where you have to start. Absolutely. Can I just ask practically, because I love that visual of really going after the largest shield of faith mm-hmm. and exponentially wanting it to grow every day. Mm-hmm. What does that look like practically? How do, we, how do we really search as husbands for that large shield of faith? Practically, what does that look like for you visualizing and praying over that Ephesians 6 passage and visualizing in your heart in the morning when you get up, Lord, as I stand in the battle and protect my family with this large shield of faith, just what in your heart right now, what what does God do in those moments and how do you posture yourself in that way? Sometimes I sort of see myself as the centurion in the old Roman days. You know, Mm. that was the picture I kind of had. But generally, it's it's spending time in the Word. We pray together daily. You know, that's that's our practical daily kind of routine is, you know, we, we come together multiple times per day, just for a few minutes even, just to come into agreement because that's where all the power is, is in agreement. But we want to be in agreement on, this is what we see God doing with us today. Yeah, that's good. So that that's our practical kind of daily routine is just to, you know, spend time together, pray together, reach an agreement on what we think the day's going to have for us, and then see what happens. Yeah. I, I would say just for me real practically— and maybe one of my favorite passages of Scripture just says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think any time that we listening in right now, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, your shield of faith will grow exponentially mm-hmm. every time. Right. So whatever that looks like for you, obviously we can practically kind of work it through God's Word, prayer, worship, serving others— Ultimately, when you know in your soul and your heart you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, your shield of faith will grow. Right. Why don't you step into maybe potentially some of the marriage landmines? Um, Well, I can do that, but I just want to speak from a woman's point of view where Larry Mm -hmm. was learning his role as a husband uh, after our fall uh, on landmines. um, I had to step back being an aggressive woman that had called all the shots pretty much, Larry, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go is fine, avoiding any uh, confrontation, no arguments. He would just be agreeable and let me win on everything. And when he started having a voice, I was very resentful for that. What helped us in our marriage and in our walk to help go through these landmines we were now having from the spiritual warfares was going to women's groups myself and learning what he was learning out there, but from a woman's point of view. And uh, he he visualizes this this the big shield. Mine was Jesus' glasses. Put on the biggest pair I could find. Mm. And instead of responding back to him with emotion, not um, in grace, that's what I had to visualize for me. My glasses on, what would Jesus say and what would Jesus do? And that brought me way down to the bottom. And this is where I had to retrain my thoughts 
to be on the same line and trust God, knowing that he was going to work all this out. The uh, unequally yoked that was definitely pointed out to us then. I was brought up Catholic. Larry was brought up to maybe go with the neighbor once in a while. I had to retrain all that. And, uh, you know, we it wasn't really a good decision to, to have a marriage uh, for the both of us. I didn't know that. I had two terrible marriages, went through terrible divorces. Larry had never been married. And when he and I met, I knew he was from God. In spite of all the crap that I went through to get to him, and I never thought I would ever get married again because my second husband uh, abused myself and my children terribly. So for God to even put another one in front of me and said, this is who I have for you, you will get married again. I just questioned every move. And then all the 23 years, it was fine. And then the rug trying to be pulled out from underneath me. So again, still trying to trust God and helping us point out where the landmines were. Like you were unequally yoked when you first got married, but I can help you get back on the right track. That, um, Like Larry said, the... Um, you're not each other's enemy. You're working to fight a common enemy, but I'm going to teach you how to do it together by praying together. And as Larry also said, we pray several times a day. Things will come up during the day. I mean, just because we're in ministry, that doesn't mean we don't still have a target on our back. Satan doesn't want this this marriage ministry to continue. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. But... Um, with God's help, we, we are able to do this. Can I re- rewind back something you said? Because if it's okay me asking, I think there's a tr- maybe a tremendous amount of women that can identify with this. And I'd love to get your vantage point. You said something that was really profound. You came to a realization where you realized that you had a very strong spirit inside of you. You had a very much... Um, Maybe even domineering, maybe oh, yeah. even okay. So I won't speak for you, and it's not I, no judgment I agree. <laughs> here. But I, I guess my question is this, and it's there's definitely a balance here. I was doing a, a wedding, officiating a wedding a couple weeks ago, and the groom shared in his vows that he really loved, as First Peter would say, the quiet and submissive spirit that mm-hmm. he saw in his future bride. So a lot of women listening in right now hear the word submission, mm-hmm. and they kind of <laughs> push back a little bit on right. the steering wheel or push back wherever they are right now, and they say, uh, I'm not a doormat. And that's not what God is saying in that mm-hmm. passage, obviously. So my question is this. When you had this moment where you knew you had to really identify some of these strong characteristics within yourself— mm-hmm and realize that you have to posture yourself as a wife in a way that really says God has given the responsibility in Ephesians 5 to your husband to be a spiritual leader. And there is this submission, but it's a submission to Larry loving and serving you like Christ loved and served the church. Mm -hmm. So who wouldn't want to submit to that? Right. 
and surrender to that. Everybody would. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, help the women right now who maybe are wired by God in a way where they're really independent and really strong and have big personalities, and you really can speak into their heart and say, okay, here's some of the steps that I've taken or continue to take Mm -hmm. to be able to really allow Larry to be a spiritual leader and allow Larry to be the spiritual leader over the home and allow me to be submissive to God leading my husband and God leading through my husband. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the secret there is that you see your husband is definitely in tune with the Lord, and he is w- willing to be a leader, and he's shown he can be a leader, a true leader for God, uh, because we also have these men that are listening that submit is the only word they know, and they don't submit to Christ or to anybody, that, but they feel that they should be served all the time. But um, me as a wife, when I learned that, was definitely, waha, I didn't realize that, and I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. But um, as we, when we counsel women that feel the same way that I did, and they'll express that, uh, well, I don't know that I can go along with that right there, but I can do this. Um, we just tell them, and I tell them, who would you rather hear have God speak to? Uh, would you rather have the, him, uh, God speaking to your husband, or would you rather have your husband listening to you and all your complaining? He can't hear God if you're constantly yelling at him. And I, sh- I don't know about you, but I sure would rather have God speaking to my husband Amen. than me. Amen. Because another thing we would add is, well, how has it been working for you in the past? Mm-hmm. Doing it your way. Yeah. Let's do it God's way. Yeah, that's really well said. Let's jump in. This is. Go ahead. Just one yeah. real quick Larry, thing. go ahead. In, in the curriculum, in Ephesians 5, we talk about the submission thing. Mm-hmm. And we talk about there's three different kinds. Each person has to submit to Christ. That's the first one. Right. And then I think it's Ephesians 5.21 that says, submitting yourselves one to another. Right. So It's a mutual submission. Mutual. There. Right. And you, you see each other as equals. Mm-hmm. Right? One's no better than the other. You're equal in value uh, to each other. And, you know, you're, you're a team. You're one flesh. Right. And then the third one that you only get to if the first two are being done. Right. Is wives to their husbands. Yeah, that's really well said. And I think you're right. I think we tend to just go to the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. we lose sight of the first two. Yeah, most people don't get the first two. Right. And when they get the first two, the third one's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just right. falls suit. Exactly. Right. So there's these landmines, and we're going to get through the list here, which is great. Um, let's just kind of walk through the list. So one of the ones, and I'll read it off, is – not having God first. You've shared this already in your story, mm-hmm. being unequally yoked. Right. Uh, walk the listeners through what you've seen personally and then also as you counsel others in this area of a landmine. As far as being having God first? Yeah, just why it's detrimental, what happens in a relationship when you don't put God first, um, remind them the importance of doing that. I know it's a lofty, big question that we'll probably just only get to the first one, which is fine, because it's really important. Well, it is the most important. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, it's it all goes back to the spiritual warfare nature of life, and especially marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when when we give our lives to Christ, we are enlisting into God's army. army. Right. He he gives us a suit of armor to put on. He expects us to go on missions to grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. There's going to be resistance, right? That's yeah. what war is. It's a war. But when you don't have God, you you have no concept of that. And you know, we we knew going into our marriage that. You know, you should at least treat it, treat each other nice, be kind, you know. Right. That's pretty much a general concept. But, you know, and we did for 23 years. And then I got selfish and then I got stupid, made some really bad choices, and then everything blows up. Mm-hmm. And which just says, you know, it doesn't matter if it's two years or 20 years. Sooner or later, Satan's going to get you. If God is not first, and it's the Holy Spirit being in us, living in us, that gives us the power, you know, through the fruits of the Spirit, to be able to do the warfare. And without that, you're you're just a casualty. And I, just one quick thought that I have, which I love that you said war. I think really, and this will never happen. I joked about it two weeks ago on the radio. I think when we have that ceremony— I think a better depiction of what they should be wearing is camouflage (laughs) and war paint (laughs) on their face because that really is where they're headed. Yeah, and they don't know. And they don't know. And yet they spend so much money and time and energy and effort Mm -hmm. putting together this beautiful ceremony. And it should be beautiful. I'm not trying to take away from that, negate from that. sacred. But it is sacred. But the visual... And the preparation <laughs> right. for where they're headed is the war. Right. And it's really asking ourselves, and in this beautiful relationship of marriage, how do we every single day and throughout the day hear from God, who in this visual would be the commanding lieutenant or general? Yeah. How do we continually hear the battle plan for today right. and make sure that we're following suit with that? What do you want to share? Uh, I want to share um, that. Uh, For example, we had this one couple that was a blended family, and um, the daughter was, say, over 10 years old. So she knew pretty much routine. Now, her future stepdad um, and the mom were dating for two years, so it's not like she wasn't used to him being around. They planned a big wedding, big fancy wedding, and uh, got married. And then the girl said, okay, um, I'm ready for him to go home now. Because she's been used to having him around (laughs) and leaving, but this time he wasn't leaving. So it's more or less planning all the wedding, planning everything, but they didn't think about that part, or she didn't. But they didn't either because they hadn't talked about parenting, what the discipline's going to be, what the rules are going to be. And things like that. But for her to make that statement to her mom mm. was just an eye-opener for me as a counselor. Thing, oh, my goodness, that's another thing we need to add in our premarital training. You know, once this happens, the marriage is real. We need to address that ahead of time so they know they're not going to leave this time. It's, it's there. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the other landmines is people spend all this planning and money and everything else on the ceremony, which lasts an hour or two. But they never talk about what happens after that, the the marriage, right, that's going to be 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. They they don't even talk about that part. Yeah. It's like, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. And it's so detrimental because at the end of the day, marriage is the most sacred relationship God would ever create. In the midst of that, we need to continually be leaning into understanding God's roles and responsibilities in marriage and then really putting together that kind of battle plan mm-hmm. as we go into this battle of spiritual warfare right. every single day. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy is relentless, right? Mm-hmm. And he's roaring around, as the Bible would say, like a lion, and he wants to devour our marriages. He wants to divide us. And again, we've got to think long and hard and pray about this together as a couple. I'd love that you guys do that and say, Lord, your goal for marriage is oneness. Mm-hmm. So let us, myself and my spouse, let us cultivate oneness each and every day in every way imaginable. Thank you so much, Carol and Larry, for being my guests again. It's a joy to have you back. We'll have you back in. Thanks again for being our guest. Thanks for tuning in to Messy Marriages, a show that is committed to really helping you understand God's beautiful laws and plan for marriage. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Messy Marriages, a show dedicated to making the most out of your mistakes. Mark would love to send you his weekly Marriage Monday video. Please go to marklucasradio.com and sign up for his weekly marriage video. Follow him at marklucasradio on Instagram.